Hello and welcome. I'm Kirsty Rice and together with Nikki Moffat, we're the Two Fat Expats. We've been expats for over 20 years. We have 12 countries and six children between us. We've all been born all over the world. We've both worked, mothered, administered and volunteered, dealing with all the drama that comes with moving countries again and again. Each week on the podcast, we promise to give you the lowdown on expat life. We answer an anonymous question by tracking down the experts and we discuss our favourite finds, our biggest stuff ups and we get the best tips for packing it all in. Okay, let's do this. Nikki Boffert, you're in Hamburg, Germany. I'm in Australia, in Adelaide right now. How are you, Nikki Moffat? Well, Kirsty, it's been so long. It's been so long. Hello. <laughs> Hello there. Hello, Australia. <laughs> You've never felt further away. <laughs> no, look, it's uh, it's fine. We've had a lot of ups and downs in the last few weeks. Uh, we've had mock exams. We've had conference preparation. And we've had Angela Merkel say the words third wave. Not something you want to hear very often. Oh. Uh, but but we're here. We're still going, Kirsty. Still going. <laughs> okay, Nikki, let's get straight into it this week. We've had an anonymous question that once again, I swear people are going to think that I've actually written. I'm glad that you're here to uh, to <laughs> for proof that the, it did come Totally through. legit. Totally legit. Um, maybe if you read the question, Nikki, and we can go on from there. Sure. So the question that came in was, I've repatriated to Melbourne to allow the kids to start school at the start of the year and hubby is coming six months later. And with COVID, there's obviously no visits before he joins us. So that's the context. The question is, how, if possible, can you replicate the incidental conversation you normally have with one another when you connect via phone or video? It just feels as though we're reporting to each other about one another's days and or talking about the stuff we need to, on our to-do lists as we really only have about an hour at each end of the other's day to speak. Maybe it's a redundant question because you can't recreate the incidental chat under these circumstances, but I'd be interested to hear others or your opinion as this is the longest we will be living apart. Mm. Well, Kirsty. Yes. Do we have to ask the experts or are we the experts? How does this, how does this work? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, do we need to ask the experts? Well, seeing we promised that we would ask the experts, yes, we will continue to ask the experts. But, yeah, Nikki, I think over the years you and I have become quite expert. You've obviously been doing this for a long time when your husband moved to Copenhagen. Then you had a bit of a... I guess, a wobble when he came back and you had to deal with <laughs> not only having him back but having him in a really close <laughs> proximity. And I've just had a year with my husband, you know, in the house with me all the time, but he is, of course, about to go back. In in um, breaking news on that, Nikki, he's actually booked his flight. Um, oh, and, wow. Yes. That's amazing. So he will, be going, he will be going back to Qatar on the 30th of March. Um, so, yeah, just I think I heard him say to one of the kids that's 17 days away. Um, so we are about to embark on being apart. And of course, if anyone's been sort of watching closely the laws in Australia, I mean, the likelihood of him being able to just pop back for a visit is not strong. Um, 
maybe he will, maybe he won't. We just don't know. So we really are heading into a period of, you know, when am I going to see you again? I don't, I don't know when are the kids going to. And, you know, we have someone turning 21. We have someone turning 18. We have someone in year 12, you know, doing their final year. We have lots of things that it would have been really great to have him here for, but he's not going to. Nikki, I'm going to start by before I talk about the expert that we uh, got to talk to. I just want to start because I think, it's really common for you and I to make jokes about this, right? We we are quite light yeah. lighthearted about it because we've both been partnered for a very long time, over 20 years. And so when you've been partnered with someone for over 20 years, you become very flippant, I think, in the jokes that you make about them getting under your skin or, you know, enjoying your space, you know, being able to have control of the remote control and eat whatever you want to eat when you want to eat it and, you know, not having to run information by someone. You know, we we are very flippant about it. But I think I, for this episode I really, for me it's really important that people understand the pain that comes with this. I mean the truth is, and I really hope, my husband doesn't mind me saying this, but we've had a lot of tears about this. And only last week we sort of sat down to, you know, work out. I had a communications doc that I wanted to actually write down, you know, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make sure that we communicate? And Greg, my husband, just burst into tears and said, I don't want to go back. Um, I know. And it was more a, it wasn't a, I don't want to go back to work or I don't want to, you know, go back to Qatar. It was more of a, do you guys all understand I have to go back? I don't want to go back. I have to go back. Do you know? Because I think it's really easy to get, if you're me, maybe other people I'm sure are much bigger people than I am, but I get really snitchy about it. You know, well, can't you stay for this weekend because this this is happening? And, you know, well, can't you stretch? What's another week? Can't you be here for Easter? You know, why not another week? And I just, I will continue to just keep pushing it so that he never goes back, you know, because the, the truth is there is no right time for him to go back for us. We don't want him to go no, back. There's always a reason for him to stay a little bit That's longer. That's right. And the longer he stays, the more normal it all feels for you and then the harder it is like I yeah just, I can't I've been thinking about you a lot I didn't know he'd booked his flight but I mm. after having so long at home together and all being able to be together as a family which you haven't done for yes. years since the girls left to go to boarding school yes. um, and having him you know his his health issues in the last year and all the other things you've gone through as a family I just I've really been thinking about yeah him in my two spoons today <laughs> and, and, and but just as you've been on my mind and I've been thinking about whether you know how, how hard it is for you because my husband has started to talk about going back um when they open up they started opening up the office for you know every second day or once twice a week yeah. or whatever and uh, you know and I've said to him but what are you going to do like when you're not in the office you're just going to sit in your room like 
what's what's the funny yeah <laughs> and of course so. there is on his end there is that pressure of I have to get back to the office you know for both your husband and mine yeah, in of you know am I going to lose my job am I am, if I'm not seen yeah. do I not exist you know do do they think I'm not working yeah. hard even though I am working really hard um Nikki I loved this question uh when they talked about um, those incidental conversations because this is why the reason I wanted to do the communication doc is because uh, Greg and I have done this many, many times before. We were, we've been in different countries sure. and we yeah. don't do it well. We try and do it as well as we can but we fail in key areas of uh, the time difference kills us and I cannot yeah. tell you how many times he rings me just as I'm about to eat a meal with someone, you know, where you're like, I, I am sitting in a, um, you know, in a cafe having lunch with a girlfriend and I've really done nothing for the last four days, but I'm you've called me right now, you know, here. Or I call him and I want to have a really serious conversation about a child and he's sitting in the car park uh outside work waiting to go in um and you know and we get yeah. our timing so wrong and so i really like this question because that is what it's like it is really hard to have decent conversations of meaning and to um make sure you have all those fun bits that you have when you're together where you just sort of having a bit of a giggle, not everything being this administrative moment, do you know? Yes. So yes. I did go to the experts. I went to a woman called Rhoda Bangerta who's in our group. So Rhoda's just written a book called Holding the Fort Abroad and she covers sort of five main areas, the non-travelling partner, the couple who are apart, how you parent together, the long-distance cross-cultural couples who are sort of in those transitional times. The book has only just been released electronically and I only spoke to Rhoda a couple of days ago, so I can't vouch for the entire book but I can give you some takeaways that I got from Rhoda. And so these were sort of her, her key takeaways. One is create a joint reality. And from that, what she means is you might, both of you will be having very different experiences. And so to have that joint family narrative, like one of the ideas she had was you put a clock up in your home where you have the time where they are as well as the time where you are. So there is this constant thing amongst the family of, what time is it there? What what might they be doing? What does their day look like? Um, and she talked about those ad hoc or regular emails or voice messages. And I like this one. I like the idea that maybe if you can't talk to that person right then and there, it's not convenient, that you do make a little voice message and send them a voice message or you do make a little video and send them a, a video um, and so that you're constantly sort of sharing your reality. Um, her second point was about cultivating the friendship um, that you could, and I love this phrase, you can use the distance, um, thinking she was saying that, um, 
when her husband and her have had to have been apart, that maybe they've been able to broach subjects that they've felt uncomfortable about broaching in person, which sounds ridiculous, but I do think after you've been together for a long time, maybe you do have no-go zones where you go, oh, well, I just know that's not going to go down (laughs) well if I start talking about that now. But maybe this is your chance with a bit of distance between you to dig a bit deeper. Um, And she recommended a book by John Gottman called Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Have you read that, Nikki? I haven't read it, but I I did notice that in my, you know, things you've signed up for, I've signed up for the Gottman Marriage Minute at one stage of my life, but I've never really Ah. (laughs) read So at some stage I must have thought, gee, that's a good idea. I should look into that. And then it just... Yeah, never eventuated, but I have heard about it. And I guess this is from John Gottman's book because she said, do a love map of each other and get to know yeah, each other again. I haven't gone into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another point she said was about parenting together. Uh, don't wait for your kids to ask to speak on the phone. Like find a common interest with them that you can speak about. I've put some stuff in our family communication doc about that. But she said you've got to shift your mindset from I'm parenting alone to what can my partner get involved in from a distance. Um, And she said work on your own projects and passions. And I think, you know, that's that. I think we should always be doing that. But, yes, I guess maybe that's an opportunity too that you've got that time to really focus on, all right, well, if I've got a couple of extra hours at night that I'm not sitting on the couch with with my partner, maybe I'm putting that into my own sort of passion project. Yeah, well, they're, they're good things to think about and, and I totally agree with that. And perhaps we could just add there, I don't know, Rhoda, if your book's totally closed off yet, but get to watch your own things on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> So, Nikki, G and I got together, it would have been a couple of weeks ago, and did our communications doc for the family. And we did things like, because this was before I'd spoken to Rhoda, obviously, um, but what I had put down is, do we need to talk daily? Because I, I, I really wondered whether we really needed to go daily and my husband said yes we do we definitely need to talk daily so then it was okay well what's the best time to chat so we decided that we would talk first thing in the morning for him which is 5 30 a.m because he's one of those people that gets up at 5 30 in the morning and then we get in the club yes 5 30 club and which is midday for me so I think that will make it easier in that I will have that locked into my diary that sort of Sunday to Thursday I talk to Greg every day, you know, at midday and that you then, so maybe if I am planning to go for lunch with someone or planning, I would make it for one o'clock rather than 12 o'clock. We've decided our best method of a chat is WhatsApp, um, audio or video. Uh, And then we've decided that in Thursday's chat we will talk about what the best time to chat over the weekend is because obviously weekends are for us are really manic with four kids doing four different things and driving people places and whatever um we said our chats on Fridays and Saturdays will be later in the day and then we tried to think of things that we could sort of do from a distance together so we'll watch the away football games together so 
Yeah. <laughs> because uh, you're not going to take him with you to watch when you're in person. I won't be taking him to the game with me. Um, and then we'll watch some television series together. We thought, okay, we're going to pick out some podcasts that we listen to. And wait, wait, wait. G listens to podcasts? He does, but the podcast, tell me, if you had to guess, what do you think G's podcast would be? Oh, a lot of the Economist yep. series of podcasts. <laughs> yep, yep. Economist, Harvard Business Review, you know, anything in that way. I, I look forward to some very <laughs> exciting insights in our future discussions, Kirstie. And cycling. Cycling. He listens to a lot of oh, cycling, cycling podcasts. podcasts. Do you know he pays ten? He pays a ten dollar monthly subscription to listen to a cycling podcast that comes out. Think once a week, and they maybe do a bit of a newsletter. He pays ten dollars a month for that, Nikki. What are we doing wrong? <laughs> I don't know. We've never actually asked. That's to be fair to us. We've never actually asked anybody. <laughs> but true, yeah. But a lot of people do, and because of it's their interest and passion. So I maybe I don't know if he's going to share his password with you, but maybe you could report back to us on the the absolute <laughs> imperative to listen to this cycling podcast. Okay, back to the communications doc. Uh, we thought we could read the same book. And I think I will actually suggest that we read the, the marriage book because I think that could be a bit of fun. Um, we've said that we're going to try and keep the conversations positive. I think G's really worried about how he's going to go on his own and that he could end up being really unhappy and really miserable. Um, and so we had a real heart to heart about okay uh, let's try and keep the misery to you know to a minimum I I don't want to hear about your misery when I'm dealing (laughs) with all these kids and driving and I've got all this stress and the dog's barking like don't do me uh we said Monday is catch up on the kids conversation so that we don't just constantly you know talk about the kids yeah like so let's just make it Mondays is all about the kids and Wednesdays is life admin day because I think the life admin tends to sneak into every conversation and then you end up being totally focused over money and whatever so set that time where you're going to have the money conversation and it's going to be on that day and then the rest of your time is spent just on the nice happy things um and we've talked about exactly how he's going to connect with the kids because that is the hardest hardest bit I think is it's really easy to do incidental things with your kids when you're all just hanging out and driving to Bunnings on the weekend or doing whatever but it gets a bit harder when when you're kind of, I guess, enforcing, uh, imposing on their weekends and school nights. And the other thing is, is that kids tend to think, well, I've got a parent here, like I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm solid. Yes. And they, and and it's not to say they don't miss the other parent and and Mm -hmm. get sad about it or whatever, but for their immediate needs, and you've got all teenagers, which I've also got teenagers, as long as there's food coming and there's money if they need it for whatever and they can do whatever activity they want to do, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they don't have to call the other parent to for an intervention if everything's <laughs> going well for them. Yeah. So my year 12, it's easy because G will continue to help him with his, with his assignments and whatever and he'll talk. And, and, and he's already talked to them all about, okay, how are we going to chat to each other? Are we going to WhatsApp? 
Are we going to, how are we going to do it? Because it's really easy to, as anyone who has a family chat in their WhatsApp, I, we, we have two out of four children who are always a lot quieter in the family uh, WhatsApp chat. And today I found out that's because they both tend to have it on mute. mute they've muted it. <laughs> and when I when I inquired, I got told, "But you spam us all the time with stuff." <laughs> I um, I had a funny story the other day. I heard a funny story. I had a girlfriend who was here, went back to the states, and she said she wrote um, because one of her sons had left the family chat. He didn't know that the Wi-Fi had been restored in their house for ten days, and no one bothered to tell him because. <laughs> They were all upset that they had to stay in the family chat and he just decided to leave it. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, So we are going to try and send video chat to each other daily and that's the incidentals, the while you're washing the dishes and you go, oh, I meant to tell you this or a funny thing happened or you wouldn't believe who I just saw and all those things. So um and that can be while we're going for a walk or riding your bike or doing whatever. We want to share things. So while maybe Greg's, you know, a great cyclist, maybe he shares a bit of where he's ridden and what he's seen, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we've said that if there's a family get-together, there's always going to be a video made for Dad because obviously we're going to get together in the nights and that, won't be a great time to talk to him because he'll be at work and at his desk and whatever. So, okay, let's make sure that we make a video for him um, so that we can do that. Um, and I'm up for if anyone has any apps that they would suggest for long distance. Um, I have heard that there are apps where you can do those incidental messages and set set them to so I could do my message and then set it so that it goes to him, you know, when he wakes up or when he's finished work or whatever. But I'm not sure. I'd, I'd love to hear what other people have done and what apps they've used. Do you guys use Marco Polo? No. So tell me about that. So I don't actually use it, but my sister-in-law does and also one of my girlfriends here, she uses it. My, then they both use it for groups of girlfriends, but I thought it could also be used for a family chat. So basically it's it's a... It's just a video recording. So it's like WhatsApp, but you're recording a video and you're in a group and they all use it, prefer it over WhatsApp for this particular purpose. So it must have some tricky little things involved that make it a little bit user friendly or more. more. And they said they both have said to me independently, it's just like continuing conversation. So my sister-in-law will go to the beach with her kids and she'll take some video of them here we're at the beach it's a great day on the gold coast because her girlfriends live all over the country yeah and then you know when she gets home she'll read people you know she'll watch her friends who've sent replies to that video oh gosh i'm here you know look it's raining and horrible and whatever uh, so yeah. and then um my girlfriend here she's obviously in a different time zone to her american friends and and she said it's just like you're just continuing conversation so you just record something and when you wake up there's all these messages to to watch oh and to giggle about and then you just record a reply so i was thinking that maybe um, as a family, you could have like a, a Marco Polo group. Yeah. And then, so that's a, that's just a little bit of a step up on the audio on the WhatsApp. So don't, don't get rid of the family chat, but it could be just sort of something else that you do. Yeah. And it could be where the, if you're having a family get together, it could be where those videos go. Yes. 
Oh, I like that idea. That's a good one, Nikki. Because I don't like talking on the phone. I'm not a phone talker. So I prefer audio messages or like little video clips. Yeah. <laughs> I think phones aren't for talking so much anymore. But I understand that you do have to talk on the phone if you are living apart from someone. Like the, the, there is an actual communication step that you have to have to do. Yeah. That. But for everyday little bits and pieces, yeah. I think it'd be quite good. Yeah, it's funny with the phone, isn't it? I I rarely talk on the phone and I know I do. Sometimes if I get on the freeway, I will ring you because I can't text you. Yes. And I can. I always think, oh, should I be ringing Nikki? I'm not sure if she's really going to be up for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, when you call, I take your call. Yeah. Like, but, but I'm saying like I don't choose, I take people's calls, but I don't choose to call yeah. people. Yeah, I know what you mean lot. because I think, that's my choice. We see yeah. calling people now as such a major imposition, don't we? Like we apologise <laughs> immediately. My opening line is always, have I caught you at a bad time? Always. And yeah. to give people the out to go, well, actually, yeah, you have. Go away. Um, but, yes, I think because we all just text now and um, it's like that whole thing how nobody drops in and to visit each other anymore. No one drops in at your house, except at your house they do. Yeah. So uh, you're living in the olden days in yeah. your street. But, you know, <laughs> but which is super lovely, you know, to be at your house and just see people wandering yes. down the driveway and popping their head in. And, and I like that's awesome. Yeah. But that is very olden days. Like now it's not like you, like if I'm going for a walk and I'm walking past my girlfriend's place here, I'll message her. I'm leaving the house now. I'm just going to swing by. I'll be past your place in about five yes. minutes. You know? Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, whereas my parents thought nothing of getting in the car, going for a drive, and then popping in to see someone. Like they would do it regularly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or on the way home from the supermarket, oh, I'm just going to pop in and see yes. someone. Like just nothing. Yes. Oh, it's funny, isn't it? Um, okay, Nikki, anything you want to add? Well, my my, th my takeaway was the, the Marco Polo because I, I've just heard yes. it, um, you know, mentioned a lot and then obviously the the whatsapp group chat for audio and and you can also send video snippets in there too but audio messages i i think kind of a fun like it's all very well to see a meme or a written message but if you have a little audio message yeah. you can just add your the tone of the text that you don't get to put in in a written yes. message yes all right so i think i think we've covered it um i hope we've been helpful i'll keep you posted on how it goes for us and what comes what oh, comes yes. next but it's also good to sorry yeah. it's also good to have a plan so you don't have to stick to it exactly you know obviously plans are made for changing and adaptation but the fact that you had a plan means that you've thought about it and you've spent time considering that you do need to communicate yeah. and that both of you know that you've actually put time and effort into it so i think that's important as well like just knowing that you are both committed to it like you know, it's like saying, you know, doing something every day for 10 minutes or whatever. Like you might not do it every day, but if you do, then that's great because you've planned to do it and you've done it. So, yeah, I think that's good. And I just, just lots of love to you all getting through the first couple of weeks. So, Nikki, on that note of making a plan and sticking to it, our bold statements of the week. So your bold statement of the week uh, last time was to write your presentation for the conference 
and um, to lodge all the passport and visa requirements that you needed to move to Copenhagen. I've got a feeling you've done both of those things. I have. And I actually think the last time my my bold set was to live through the next week and keep everyone alive because it was very stressful there for a while. And I have to say that I know we've put off, we've had some difficulties with our recording schedule, but uh, today the conference has started, so I'm all done and uh, all the everything's lodged and my son has finished his mock exam so wow i'm feeling pretty pretty good about my life this week what's what's your bold statement for next week okay so my bold statement for next week is we do have a few little outstanding items for uh the ibia so that the internal assessments which are now being marked externally this year so we have three left to submit and the last day of school is the 31st of march so my bold statement for this week is I'd like to get one done by the end of the week. I'd like to supervise the uh, <laughs> the delivery <laughs> of one of those. Yeah, I've, I'd like it how you say I'd like to when the truth is you'd really like to run in the opposite direction from doing anything more <laughs> with your son and his IB. But, <laughs> hey, you're nearly there. Okay, so my bold statement last week was I was going to do three hours of study. I did about 20 minutes of study. So I, I so I I did not come through oh, on my bold statement. What? So consequently, I still have study to do, um, and it's Saturday, and I go back to school on Monday. I'm doing this thing, Nikki. I can't remember. I know I've told people that I'm doing a wine course, but it's called the WeSet, which stands for the Wine and Spirits Education Trust, which is a global organisation. So it means that when I do my exam, it goes off to London to be marked. There's, and thanks to COVID, there's something like a eight-week turnaround at the moment, you know, because no one's no one's in the office. Of but yes, yeah, so I will be doing some study tomorrow for a couple of hours to try and catch up because I'm back to school on Monday. But what my bold statement for this week is: I have been editing this podcast, you know, for the last few months, Nikki. While you have been very busy, like we went through a phase where you edited the yep, podcast, you were very busy, and now I am editing the podcast, which means you listen to it a little bit clo- more closely than you would because you're going back trying to get. And I have noted my terrible, terrible. I don't want to and I'm not going to. I want to and I'm going to. And it drives me nuts. I didn't realise I had become part of the wanna and the gunner group. And one of the morning radio or podcasts I listen to each day, which is actually a morning radio show, he always talks about the somethings and the nothings group and he's been pointing out people on Australian media who are in the something and the nothing group so I think I might be in the one and the gunner group so I'm gonna try really hard Uh, (laughs) I'm gonna (laughs) so I'm going to try very hard to say I want to rather than a one and a gunner um so yeah that was my thing for the week so I guess you've got to put it out there, right, so that people can absolutely pick you up. Okay, what are your three favourite things this week, Nikki? Oh, Kirsty, Kirsty, it's like Netflix knows me now. I don't even have to go to Netflix and it's sending me recommendations <laughs> for things. 
And I'm also then compelled to bring you all the TV that's trash. Uh, so for three days, it recommended to me this series called Ginny and George. Which my 14-year-old son and, is currently watching. I saw I walked past before oh, and he was watching Ginny. So, Georgia. and that's me. I'm into this teen tween <laughs> stuff, apparently. But the, the, the blurb underneath says soapy, romantic, emotional. <laughs> teen romance romantic comedy i was like oh really do i have it in me to watch another one well yes i do because i started watching it and i was horrified absolutely horrified so i kept watching it because i had to see um like i just i think it's so problematic so i'll be very interested in hearing uh, henry hot dog's views so this is the only feedback i had from my son i walked past and of course you know as a parent looked at it and went Ginny and Georgia, mm, haven't heard of that. Hmm, are you meant to watch that? I mean, he's 15 in May. And he said, he, he said, yeah, it's good. He goes, but it's weird. You know, one minute she was um, freaking out about kissing someone and then the next day she had sex with a stranger who climbed through the window. I'm like, great. This is my point That's great. about the thing. Now, it comes back and closes that off. It closes that um, loop off. But it shows bad teen sex, and that's in the first episode. And it's just really bad. And it shows teen self-hurt. And Now, it, hang on. What is bad teen sex? Well, <laughs> I don't know what good teen <laughs> sex it? is. I don't know what any teen yeah, sex is. Because I'm, I'm what... pretty sure I didn't get good teen sex. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> No, me either. But what I mean to say is, is it problematic in that it's it's a, a questionable consent situation. Uh, oh, when I say questionable consent, the person asks and the girl says yes, but it's quite obvious if you're looking at it that it's it's not a yes necessarily. So yeah. it's just very. I was very, very. Like that's what got me into watching the whole thing, thinking they can't do that. Like in this day and age, they can't show something like that. Anyway, by the end of the series, it sort of ties that loop back up and shows you and tells you why that happened. But it right. takes a long time and you've got to watch the whole thing. Anyway, it, it's problematic on a, on a few levels for me, <laughs> but I watched it anyway. So, teen, it's trashy and it's, you know, easy. It's one of those I'll just watch an hour before bed ones. So, you know, just throwing that out there. So you've watched it. How do you feel about your teenage daughter watching it? I'd be okay if she watched the whole thing. But if she just watches the first episode and says it's not for me, then I would have to make her watch the other episode. <laughs> where it showed right. why that scene happened. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like I, I, I'm always yeah. telling my kids, you know, porn is not sex. Don't it, don't look at a porn video and think it's sex. And I would also yeah. say to them, don't look at this video and think this is what sex is going to be like because I, that's – although it's probably a lot closer to the truth. But it, it, it just um, – yeah, look, I, I'm I'm with Henry. Henry and I could review things together. Maybe we could set up a club, <laughs> a watch club. Okay, I was going to say uh, another thing of, of my favourite list was the test kitchen from Reply All and, and Gimlet. But that's all gone to hell in a handbasket and now there's podcast company drama. And I don't know, Kirsty, if you've been following all the drama around Gimlet no. and Reply All. I haven't. Okay, so, Tell me. 
Reply All is one of the greatest podcasts of all time. I have said Absolutely. often and I really enjoy yep. it. Um, and one of the best things about Reply All, which was pointed out to me by a far superior podcast reviewer, so I'm not coming up with anything new here, but every week you listen, it could be a totally different format. It doesn't follow a particular format. Like it can come mm-hmm. out with a three-episode series on something or whatever. Like you just know that whatever you're going to listen to, you're really going to enjoy, so that's why you listen to it. You don't go back for yeah. the particular format etc so they had recently started a podcast series called the test kitchen and it was about the bon appetit sort of scandal of a few years ago which i hadn't really followed very closely and it was about sort of inequity and racial discrimination and things in in a corporate workplace and just showing that you know the world wasn't really that equal and you know they talked a big game but did they deliver on it etc And I was listening to one person review the podcast and say, gosh, you know, this is so brave of Gimlet to do this because I think where I think this podcast is going is it's going to start talking about Bon Appetit and then it's going to then it's going to swivel and talk about Gimlet because before Gimlet was sold to Spotify, they had a similar um, discussion within the company and the company um, worked on unionizing to basically try and reduce or get rid of the disparities that they saw within the company of where people were getting opportunities. They felt Uh like it was all one particular type of person getting opportunities and those were mainly white men. Yeah. So they went through this whole process and which I had known they tried to unionize, but I didn't really sort of follow it. Anyway, two episodes of this test kitchen came out and then one of the And then in the second episode, the host, and the host of this particular series is Shruti Panamanei. Shruti, her name is like, I can't say the second name is 100% correct. And she said, you know, I, reporting this series, I've made me really look at what had happened at Gimlet and I feel that, you know, that there were problems in our company that I didn't address and I didn't support. Anyway, a, a former host on one of the Gimlet shows went on Twitter and absolutely ripped into her and ripped into Gimlet and said, that's exactly right. You know, Reply All didn't support us. You know, we went to them because Reply All is basically the flagship podcast. Yes. And basically it came out that the culture at the company is Reply All has its own rules and everyone else has other rules. So they don't have to be involved in things. They don't have to, you know, they're sort of viewed on this little bit of a pedestal, etc. And people had gone to them and said, please, can you help us? Can you be involved in this process? And they had said, you know, no. Oh. Uh, these two particular people involved in Reply All. Anyway, it all went and PJ uh, Vote basically has had to step down and he's resigned from the podcast as well as Shruthi. Oh. So there's no more Reply All with PJ Vote and Alex Goldman. There's only Alex Goldman right now because he was the only one that survived this particular scandal. Wow. Um, and he, they just released a very short episode a couple of, weeks ago and said we're not going to be playing the rest of the test kitchen podcast that they've developed so very uh, dramatic scenes in the podcast world and yeah. very difficult times yeah you know, cultural corporate reckonings yep yep oh, that's the thing is but it? if if you want to the first two episodes are pretty good and i think they're still up <laughs> is it going to frustrate me that i can't hear more or will i be able to just cope with those two i think you'll be able to i know i think because it's it's a really good premise i think it's really interesting and it's probably true of many many companies and so i think it's 
it's good to be having the discussion around it. And I'm sure they're going to repurpose it in some way, the rest of the series mm. in some way that, that will be more so inclusive. So is this helpful. the end of us listening to Shruti? Yes, Shruti has left uh, the organisation, I think, mm. and uh, and PJ as well. So, yeah, it, it was interesting. Okay, interesting times. I've read a, I've read a lot about it since online. Anyway, so that's it's good for two episodes. I'd like to say my third thing back to the teen teen <laughs> online teen world, Kirsty, Moxie the movie. Is also on Netflix. Oh just a movie yes, I keep seeing the shorts of this. This is Amy Poehler, right? And yes, yes. So Amy Poehler is she's the director, and she um, also plays the mother of the of the uh, key character in this in this movie. So basically, this young girl she's seemingly shy, and she's always you know preferred to keep her head down and fly under the radar. But then a new student arrives at the school, and basically just uh, the the blurb says forces her to examine the unchecked behavior of her fellow students running rampant at her high school. So basically it's a high school movie, but it's very uh, crush the patriarchy, female empowerment based. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, is that I, I looked, I watched the movie and I was like, I must, all these people must be from somewhere. Like Amy Poehler does a great job, but um and so I looked into it and the guy who plays the jock who's the just a dick, I think we can say that on our podcast coming, is Patrick Schwarzenegger. And I swear I've never uh-huh. seen him in a movie before. But I was like, of course it's Patrick Schwarzenegger. He's perfect at this role. And I've actually heard a lot of people say great things about Moxie and how they really enjoyed it. And I did enjoy it too. But I just thought it took some really big leaps in terms of... <laughs> Right. <laughs> in terms of, um, you know, one day she's sitting around thinking, what can I do? And the next day she's produced this magazine. I was like, I don't know where she got these skills from. <laughs> you haven't done and that's that? Not, yeah, that's not telling anyone anything that's not in the shorts. But it's just um, uh, that was the thing that I just kept thinking, this is certainly people are going to bring this up in the reviews, but no, people just brought up about how it's a great movie. It talks about you know, it was originally a teen book, wasn't it? Was it originally? Yes, a it book? was originally I, a book. Yeah. yeah, it's originally a book. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that's maybe my third that, favorite. Maybe film. that's how they've escaped that with the leaps. Maybe it's explained <laughs> more. But I'd be interested in anyone who's also seen it who wants to tell me like if they brought it up and I actually heard this, this has been on cause we've had a little bit of delay in recording. So I've had this for a while, but I heard uh, one of our favorite podcasters discuss this this week, uh, Caro from don't shoot the messenger. Ah, she yes. loved it. I was like, surely she's as a, as a journalist, she's going to bring up the whole leap. No, didn't bring it up. So I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe I'm focusing on the wrong thing. Hey, Kirsty. My th- Three favourite things. Nikki, I have not binged watch in this way for the longest, longest time. There is a new Amazon Prime series called Making Their Mark. It's a behind-the-scenes look at the AFL. Uh, my team does not my team does not feature prominently in this. They chose not to, well, not that they I, so what Amazon's done is they've picked, 
a couple of coaches, a couple of captains, a CEO, a president, um, and they've gone and, you know, and I imagine when this was initially decided, they thought, well, we'll, you know, travel around and do whatever. And, of course, COVID comes, which is what I think really makes this documentary so fascinating in that it starts in the normal pre-season where everyone's walking about normally and they go through the whole process of what happened to all of those individuals. Um, I listen to and watch and am a complete football nuffy, right? As you know, Nikki, I consume during the football season, I will consume, you know, different podcasts every day. I watch it I watch Foxtel religiously in the evenings and every different show and whatever. This was so good in that I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to watch those shows again because I've now seen the real deal behind the scenes. Do you know that you see these characters and these people doing their press conferences and then you see the real deal of what happens behind the scenes of these press conferences. So I guess a couple of highlights are one of the captains in one of the Sydney teams in GWS had a terrible year last year and he was quite sensationally dropped from the team. And captains don't usually get dropped. Captains usually lose their form and come back in or whatever, but he was dropped. And so I had seen the interviews with him and the interviews with the coach and, you know, sort of heard about it. What I got to see in the behind the scenes was the absolute devastation that it did to this young man and the tears and... Um, then the team's involvement where other players went to go and see the coach and talk about why they felt that this was wrong and how it had gone about. So it was just so interesting. And to see an ageing player, they had Eddie Betts, who is a 30-year-old player who returned to his home team that he'd originally started with. But they addressed the racial abuse and what he had seen on Twitter and then the scenes from his family and sort of what his family see from that and how he deals with that. And sort of really I guess getting into people's heads of really seeing the behind the scenes and um, what it's like for an ageing player when people start to tell you you've lost it and how you how you deal with that but both uh, Greg watched it with me and he was as transfixed by it as I was and we both couldn't help but be quite taken by how little you would see the CEO of a company literally sitting in a coffee shop with an earpiece in and his laptop and he's having a really high level interview or meeting and we were thinking wow it looks so much more professional when it's you know like you'd see the football player who's having his interview on the show that you watch every night but you could see that he was doing that while his children were literally down by his feet or you know the wife was in the um you know, next room getting doing her work and getting her stuff done because everybody lived like that for a year, right, where it was all on top of each other. So it was, I just absolutely loved it. It is filmed brilliantly. It all, it takes you through the entire season. 
and then you get to the grand final. They had so many things go right for them with the people that they had chosen to watch. The president of the Richmond Football Club is actually an American woman and so it is wonderful to hear her influence and her talking. She's really inspiring and just this total voice of reason and it does so many things not for the gesture but for the action um, and it's really impressive. Look, I just absolutely, absolutely loved it. I said to my sister, oh, I'm watching this thing, you've got to watch it, you've got to watch it. She was all, no, 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 it's on Amazon Prime. I don't have Amazon. You know I don't use, my sister doesn't use credit cards. She's, you know, not, she's very conscious of those things. Well, I sent her, I videoed like two things to show her what you got to see and what you got to hear. She downloaded it about five minutes later and she watched the entire season that night. <laughs> so it, it is really, really I, good. And I would love someone to watch it who's not a football Yeah, no, no. I, I actually, me. I've been, now Now I know what it's called, I've been interested because I've heard it discussed on a podcast that we both listen to as well and the sounding board. Ah, great. Not since it's come out. I heard it being discussed when it was being recorded and they were saying, you know, what it would look like and how it would present and, uh, you know, the, the yes. behind-the-scenes stuff and, and how much money they paid for it and whether they're going to get their value for money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yes. I, now, it's, now it's ours. Yeah. I'm actually interested in having a watch so I can certainly do that. Yes. Um, now, the other sporting documentary I watched, uh, and I watched it a few weeks ago, was the Tiger Woods doco. Mm. And interestingly, I watched it about a week before he had his car accident. Yeah. And look, it's an interesting doco, and it does take you uh, behind the scenes of his story. But I think he really must have had a, ha a hand in it. It doesn't feel as raw and as open to me in some of the other yes, docos I've watched. I have watched. heard that he did, he was involved. Yeah, yeah. And you can see the, I guess my biggest takeaways was so many women and so not fussy about the activities he was getting up to, but also obviously managed to make all of these women feel that they were special because they all talked about their amazing relationship with him and it was like I'm finding it hard to believe that all of you were the love of his life do you know that he he is uh obviously a, a prodigy of golf and just amazing but I think there obviously there was he has a charismatic personality Yes, yes, and um, uh, the whole father stuff and the, in, you know, I find, isn't it interesting that that expression about Asian mothers was your, you were a tiger mum if you were, uh, you know, a helicopter and pushy and over the top when really that was his father. Oh, his father really was determined that he was going to, be an amazing golfer and did everything he could um and yeah i don't know I'd, I'd you know once again would love to hear other people's opinions but in my opinion that would that was his biggest downfall was having a parent that was so so invested in him doing well the last thing i wanted to say was um 
you know, Nikki, you and I are living in two very different worlds at the moment. In you're in your third wave, yes, and we are. and I'm in a city that is currently having a Adelaide Fringe Festival, a Writers Festival, and the Womadelaide Festival, which is like a music festival. So we have something like three hundred thousand tourists here at the moment, just from around Australia, but. It feels obviously just from around us. Yes, um, although maybe <laughs> some tennis else players. I'd be a little bit unhappy. Yeah, maybe there's some tennis yeah. players here too, though. Um, yes, uh, so it does. It feels very strange. We we've been to see a couple of shows, and you can't help thinking because you know we haven't done crowds, but here we are, and it's been going for weeks, and we're still zero cases, and you know going along every day I wait for it to see okay here it is you know it's happened but nothing yet but anyway one of the things I got to see that was absolutely breathtakingly wonderful uh Tracy Crisp who is uh an ex and a well, I was about to say a reformed expat. She was a former expat. She's now back living in Adelaide. She wrote and starred in a play called I Made an Adult. I went with my uh, girlfriend, Christina, back in uh, the end of Feb. We went for on Chrissy's birthday. The premise is it's midnight in the kitchen. Her youngest child is turning 18. She's got the Women's Weekly uh, birthday cake cookbook out she's making him his you know birthday cake and she goes back sort of through her memories of top babies then toddlers then sick parents then expat life then the decision to return home when we walked out my girlfriend Chrissy said to me oh my god do you feel like someone's just narrated your entire life to <laughs> me but it was so well done, just amazing. You know when you sit there, for one, she's on the stage the whole time and I just was, it's unfathomable for me to remember all of those lines and to do a one-woman performance like that. But it is beautifully written and you also, you know when you're looking at someone, look back in time and you think, how do you remember that? How do you remember that story? How do you remember that moment, you know, this is so beautifully told, but she it, it is just really good. I am hoping to have a coffee with Tracy in a couple of weeks um, because I reached out to her just to say how amazing I thought it was and uh, I'm hoping that she'll tell me that one day when this COVID situation uh, is behind us, Nikki, which seems so hard to fathom, but one day um, maybe she'll take it on the road and take it around the world because I would love to recommend it to expats everywhere. Um, just a brilliant script, really well done, incredibly inspiring. I read somewhere that she hadn't acted since 1983. There is one moment, Nikki, which you will, uh, I think, be as impressed as I was as any expat mother would be. She talks about being in Abu Dhabi um, she tells the story beautifully of basically having a complete anxiety attack in the supermarket because she can't find what she's looking for and nothing's the same and why am I here and ringing her husband and he's sitting with the CEO and she's having this huge breakdown of, you know, I can't find the shampoo and it's not in the right bottle and it doesn't look whatever. And then she talks about how a year from that 
how she's unrecognisable in that she's totally under control. She knows how everything works. She knows what to do. And she's booking tickets to go to the Edinburgh Fringe and she's going to take her two children who are, you know, I guess probably about five and eight at that stage and that she decides they will go to Spain. She will on her own have the two boys in Spain they'll spend four months in Spain and then they'll go to Edinburgh and that's where they'll meet up with their husband with her husband and she says and I've decided when I'm in Spain I'm going to write a one-woman show that I will then perform at the fringe and I'm like what wait what huh what (laughs) and then she goes on to tell you that at the end of each day she's absolutely exhausted and has nothing to give and can't write anything because she's kind of underestimated what it's going to be like having two (laughs) children on her own in Spain. But she does do it. She goes to the Edinburgh Fringe and she does put on a one-woman performance but she tells this beautiful story of how the kids are handing out the the, um, flyers to recommend people to go and she's going to give them a cut and I don't think anyone does go. I think she has an audience of three. But she just is so clever and brilliant writer, brilliant performer, absolutely loved it. So if you get a chance to get hold of it, it's called I Made an Adult. So that's my three. So is that, how could you get, yeah, no, I'm interested now. Yeah. I want to ask more questions. So it's just called I Made an Adult and it's it's only on at the Adelaide Fringe and there's nothing, has she been interviewed about it? Is there any sort of? podcast listen to or I think if you were to google Tracy Crisp I made an adult and I will put a link down she does have a website and so she'll have some links to different reviews and things my whole thing I said to her I'm busting to read the script because I just found her she she had brilliant comedic timing there's, she actually involves her husband at one stage. She's she's written quite a few things and performed in the past. And um, she there's a stage where her husband interacts from the crowd. He's sitting in the second row and he answers a question and she talks to him again and then he answers another question. And then she says, my husband's been waiting to be a part of one of my shows for the last 15 years. That was his moment and it's really good. Um yeah, so I would say go to her website and see what you can find and maybe hopefully if I get to catch up with her for a coffee in a couple of weeks I can report back and tell people where they can find more of her. But brilliant. Yeah, very Absolutely exciting. That's yeah. perfect and very jealous. And, yeah, I was watching last weekend in my feed a whole lot of people at a Midnight Oil concert thinking, oh, this feels very uncomfortable to me. Yes, yes. people together which is weird because I was like, it's so great. Like I don't resent that you guys can do all that. I don't have that feeling at all. I'm not jealous. It's it's a really weird disconnected mm. feeling that that is not my life, that is nowhere in my immediate future and, wow, yes. I feel a little bit yeah. uncomfortable. So strange. The feeling is so strange. I would resent it if it was me. You're a bigger, like I've said before, you're a bigger person than me because if I wasn't here and I was living in extreme conditions of lockdown uh, for a long period of time, I would resent it because I would be thinking I want to be living that life now. I'm done. I'm sick of being in lockdown. I'm sick of living this way. I mean, it's not to say I don't feel pangs of I wish I could be there, but I think that there's, I'm at the stage now where it's like this is, what we've chosen 
this is my life and yes. I, I'm not anywhere else. So we have to deal with what we're dealing with here. And, you know, otherwise you, you just eat yourself up inside trying to, you know, yeah. Yeah. like turning off feeds and just saying, I don't want to see yeah. that anymore or whatever. So I don't know. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> and today it's raining. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not fair. That's the thing. The world is not fair right now and it's yeah yeah but life's not fair this we we always tell our children life's not fair so now we're just having to cop some of our own medicine yeah and i know nikki you know you and i i still remember when this this time last year one of the points i had made to you was i could not remember in my lifetime a time when the whole world was discussing exactly the same thing the whole world had the same problem and now we've gone through that and now we're all very different compared to our geographic location and maybe it might be the decision a government made or maybe you just got lucky that you lived on an island or you know who who not every that that's a whole different argument but you go we went from all having the same problem to now all having very different problems. And I think what's interesting in Australia, and I won't go on about this because we do have to wrap up, but I think what's interesting in Australia right now is usually in a time like this, the Australians would look to the UK or the US for guidance on how they should do things because they usually tend to look to those governments to do those things. And they can't on this occasion because the UK is in a very different state and the US is in a very different state when it comes to COVID. So really it kind of feels like New Zealand and Australia are out on their own little boat, uh, you know, trying to work out what to do. Yeah, I mean, with it's interesting you say that because there are countries like Taiwan that it is exactly the same condition as Australia and New Zealand, but they just don't get the same press mm. because they're in a different sort of press cycle in terms of, Western yeah. versus Eastern yes. versus Southern, whatever. So, um, but yeah, certainly in terms of English, like large Western English speaking countries, 100%. It's very interesting times, mm. Kirsty Rice, interesting times. Anyway, it was lovely to see you. I can see you, even though no one else can. <laughs> you too. And uh, great to chat. We might even, like, I think we're going to Jory Wednesday, right? So we might even have two this week. Yes. Okay, Nikki Buffett. Um, I will talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye.